Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to reread some of those verses from Jeremiah 31 and invite you to pay attention to some of the language in there. Uh, So, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. My covenant they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. He continues, he says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of the Lord after those days. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. They will, I will be their God and they will be my people. So this idea of out with the old and in with the new, it even seems that God is willing to do this, is to, to do away with the old and bring and usher in the new. And that's a message that we are hit with on a regular basis. Right? Technology is known for this. Uh, every time a, a cell phone comes out, about six months later, another one comes out, right? We're on iPhone 12 and Samsung, whatever. Um, we'll see what happens in the next six months. Marketers, whole industries, get you to think that you might need the latest and the greatest product. And if you remember last time, about well, this year last time, there was a product that we couldn't keep on the shelves, Right? You remember these days? Yeah. And here, the marketers, there are people who are making a living trying to get you to buy their particular brand. And this one is saying, hey, look, you buy ours, you'll get more for the bang for your buck. And not only will you get more bang for your buck, but you'll have some comfort. And not just comfort, comfort plus, whatever that means. Right? Now, some maybe take it a little too far with their brand names, and and I don't understand this particular title. I don't care how sexy toilet paper is, that's just not where my mind goes. And this is the new and improved version, right? But folks, you know you've arrived when you have enough discretionary cash where you can buy luxury toilet paper and have a five-star experience complete with a tin can to keep the cooties off, right? This, you know you've got that. Quilted northern experience of luxury. Yeah. Anyway, so that was just a little bit of fun to to get this idea of out with the old, in with the new, got to have the latest and the greatest, the most enlightened, the best experience ever. And what I'd like to do is, is take God's word and the Bible text that we had just a little while ago and get us to reflect on on what God would have us do as Christians, especially in light of a world, uh, in, in more particular, our Western American society that looks at God's laws, his ways of doing things, his description of what is right and wrong, and it challenges it. And we as Christians need to know how to navigate when someone is saying out with the old, in with the new, change the words, make it more comfortable for us, right? So we need to be able to understand that when the world is saying, have a more enlightened approach. And one very real and very timely issue that has been on the Senate floor now for a handful of days is a resolution known as the Equality Act. And in the bulletin that you picked up on page three, the Christian Citizenship Ministries did talk a little bit about that. And I'm bringing it up here. Because while we believe that every citizen should have equal representation uh, and protection under the law, we also recognize that this particular act will directly impact churches 
and nonprofit organizations, religious institutions, schools, and individuals. And what we're asking you to do is to just pray about this Equality Act, maybe educate yourself on the act, and then if you're so inclined, use your voice to reach out to your representatives. There's a link in that uh, bulletin announcement to get to your representatives. There's also a link to a letter that was written by the synodical president, Matthew Harrison, to all pastors, all church workers, and everyone that calls himself a member of the 6,000 congregations in the LCMS. And he lays out where he's at with that. Uh, again, it's just for your education uh, and consideration and prayers. But as I reflect on that, would you, would you agree with me that God takes his laws seriously, his idea of right and wrong seriously? Yes? Yeah, he does. And, and we see that in the scriptures. See, he's talking through Jeremiah to this people uh, in his day. And he's saying, listen, the days are coming where I'm going to make a new covenant with you. And that language covenant is not language that we use beyond these walls often. Um, it's really kind of reserved for a religious speak. And, and you know what? We don't quite understand what's taking place here. Back in Jeremiah's day, they would have known exactly what God was talking about because they had a picture in their mind. They were living this experience. And fortunately for you and me in 2021, God wrote down what was happening all the way back in Genesis 15. And, and let me give you that word. Right? He's having a conversation with a guy named Abram who eventually becomes Abraham. And he's promised him some land. And Abram goes, well, how do I know you're going to hold your end of the bargain up? And this is the exchange. Abram says, Lord, how do I know that I'm going to possess it? And the Lord says to him, bring me a cow or a heifer, three years old, a female goat, three years old, a ram, three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And Abram brought him. He cut him in half. He laid each half over against each other. And then a little later in verse 17, when the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the pieces. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, to your offspring I give this land. So God was taking that very seriously. But again, we still don't quite understand that. So I, for illustration purposes, created a video that I'm going to invite you to watch on the screen right now. When it came to making agreements uh, between two parties, uh, we're used to, in our day, where we have maybe a mortgage note or a loan agreement that we sign, even a marriage license uh, is a form of an agreement, or, or to use the, the language that we're hearing today, a covenant, a promise made between two parties. Back in Bible times, uh, these covenants were taken very seriously. And to show you that, uh, what they would do is they would take a, an animal, and we're going to use this watermelon and pretend it's a small animal, and they would cut that animal in half. Lay the pieces out on the ground. And as they laid those pieces out on the ground, the person who is making the agreement would basically walk between them. And as they walked between them, what they were showing the person who they were entering into the agreement with is that if I break this covenant with you, may I become 
slaughtered in a sense, like this animal has been slaughtered. And so these were blood agreements. These were agreements that were taken very seriously. You would be slaughtered if you broke that agreement. What we had in the Bible reading that I was sharing with you is God was entering into a covenant with his people. And the example that I read from Genesis chapter 15 shows that God takes this very seriously. And what he's doing with Abram is he's the one who's saying that if this covenant is broken, may I become like this animal who is slaughtered. And that's good news for you and for me, uh, pointing us to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the people in Jeremiah's day would have had that picture in their mind because they were living it. And also, when God was talking about the covenant, they would be reminded of the fact that God had laid down his laws all the way back at Mount Sinai, and that his people had a history of making mistakes, of breaking the law, of breaking the covenant. There's all throughout the scripture uh, this idea of his people's sin, God hands down his judgment, and then he's also giving his grace. It goes all the way through the scriptures, all right? And so they would have recognized, yes, we have broken the commandments. Yes, we have uh, every right to be slaughtered. And so here they are are being told by a prophet to to repent and and to turn back from their wicked ways and not experience the judgment that God is going to be handing down, and they still don't do it. And, And for you and for me, as we are confronted with the fact that we also break God's covenant, we recognize that there's something that needs to take place. And so what God does is he says, out with the old, not that my covenant is bad or that there's some kind of fault in my covenant. It's you, the people, who are at fault. You and and me and, and all of God's people. And so what he does is he says in this new covenant, I'm gonna write the law on your heart. And this is what that means. God takes his laws, his ways of doing things, his version of right and wrong, and he writes it on the hearts of every living human being so that no one has an excuse. We can obey it or we can ignore it. And if we ignore it, we ignore it to our peril. Like all over the scriptures, God is pointing to the fact that sin has a price, and that sin price is death. You're slaughtered if you break this commandment. You're cut off from God forever if you continue in a life of sin. I'll give you some examples. You fail to love and serve your neighbor as yourself. You're sinning. The penalty is death. You uh, covet, you want things that don't necessarily belong to you. You lust after thinking that that's a better way of life. You're sinning, and the penalty of that is death. You fail to give your parents or those in local authority respect and honor that they're due. You're sinning, and the penalty is death. You're slow to pick up God's word. You're slow to go to him in prayer. You're sinning, the penalty is death. Do you hear the theme? And we need some help, and we need some rescue. And so God, who knows our sinful tendencies, he knows that we're prone to wander. He knows that we need help. 
provides a blessing in this new covenant. And this is that blessing, that I'll forgive their iniquity and I'll remember their sin no more. You see, God sends his son to be the one who's ultimately slaughtered. And when I think of what Jesus has done on the cross, when I think of the very fact that he walked a road he could have very easily turned back because of our callous hearts, always just making it about us and and doing things our way, turning our back on him over and over again, he could have very easily done that, but in love, in mercy, in compassion, he chose not to. He chose to be the one that was, was slaughtered for us. And, and that should be life-changing. We should never take that gift for granted. And, and here's the thing. This statement is not just this blanket, God's mercy is for everybody. We can do whatever we want. This is for the repentant believer in Jesus Christ. Because there will be a day when we are held account to that standard. And no matter what the world tries to do is saying what's right and wrong, God's right and wrong remains this one crumbles. And we are held to that standard. And on that day when we are face to face with our maker and we have to give an account for those that have faith in Christ Jesus, this is true. For I'll forgive their iniquity and remember their sins no more. He doesn't see our faults. He doesn't see the fact that we've broken the commandments. He sees Christ, him crucified, more importantly risen and his blood washed over us and covering us. And that's great news and it should be transformational news you see god wants to be done with the old that old sinful nature and it started in our baptism we rise to new life in christ and we get to experience that so what we do with this new life as we respond in faith as the holy spirit tugs on our hearts and gets us to follow his ways we embrace that new life we embrace that new will saying lord not my will but yours be done We embrace the new self, not about me, Lord, but use me as your servant. We embrace the new mindset, saying, I want to be about you and your ways, God. That's what it is to be a Christ follower, is to die to self and and to rise in Christ. And we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, we hold on to God's right and wrong that has been written in our hearts, in the hearts of all humankind. And as we live that standard through the help of the Holy Spirit, we can make a difference out in the world and show that there is life and life to the full. Better than a five-star experience. Amen? Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.